Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com/necpodcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com/necpodcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash NEC podcast. This is Anne Barnaby, and you are listening to Not Elsewhere Classified. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five. I'm glad to be somewhat back from dealing with Hurricane Irma. Remember to please check out the Health Information Relief Operation Fund by going to hiro.medicalcodinggeek.com. You can donate and also learn how to apply if you were affected by Hurricane Harvey or Irma by going to hiro.medicalcodinggeek.com. I wanted to thank the guest announcers for filling in for me for the bonus episode from last week. This was a last minute idea after realizing that I did not have the ideal recording environment. I plan on requesting your help to be guest announcers, but you have to be part of our Facebook group. You can join the group by going to facebook.com slash groups slash NEC podcast, or you can just go to Facebook and look up NEC podcast. You'll find it there. Come join us. We are nearing 200 members. Today we have Anne Barnaby from Project Resume. Anne is a graduate of Penn State University with a bachelor's degree in health policy and administration. She has been an active member of AAPC since 2005 with her CPC and CRC certifications. She enjoys speaking at local AAPC meetings meeting with fellow medical coders, and talking to people about how they can use their medical coding certifications. This desire to help and connect with other professionals led to the creation of Project Resume. As you can figure out, we will be talking about resumes, but most importantly, what should be your driving force in building your resume? We also discuss what the core components of a perfect resume should include. We talk about why there seems to be a gap between the school you came from, career services, and the work environment, also known as the real world. Before we begin today's episode, I wanted to share some great news. Medical Coding Geek, who presents the Not Also Classified podcast, has established a partnership with the Haugen Consulting Group. Take a listen to today's episode and learn more about the Haugen Consulting Group and listen to the end of the episode to hear about a special offer the Haugen Consulting Group is exclusively giving to listeners of Not Elsewhere Classified. Excited? So without further ado, here's my interview with Anne Barnaby from Project Resume. Enjoy. Yeah, everything is all separate, so this is what I liked about it. All right. Okay. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Okay. And 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. I have here a special guest. Her name is Anne Barnaby. Hello, Anne. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. How's the weather? How's the weather where you're at? <laughs> it has cleared up now. I know that uh, a couple weeks ago, you and I talked. We had quite the hailstorm, and uh, now everyone in my neighborhood is having roofs replaced and cars replaced and um, dents banged out. So we're happy to have that done, and it's a nice sunny day here now. Oh, my so, goodness. Thank you for yeah. asking. <laughs> yeah, I, when we had connected, we actually had connected before. Um, she had reached out to me, but then at some point we kind of disconnected doing our separate things. And then when we when I started this podcast, uh, you were actually uh, referred by Pam Kulsar, who is the administrator for Jobs for American Medical Coders. And we reached out, and then we were about to have our, I guess, our pre-interview, and yeah. then your hailstorm happened. <laughs> And so that yeah. kind of delayed it for a little bit, and uh, and now you're here today. What's funny is that we were talking earlier, and uh, I'm here from South Florida, and usually the rain is, you know, the, the precipitation chance is the highest I've seen recently was 80%, but uh, I was, I was kind of near Virginia. I was in Savannah, Georgia, I think last year, and I was looking at the weather report, and you see like 100% chance of rain. I never, ever see that at all, so... <laughs> I kind of figure maybe that's what's happening up there, uh, yeah. rain at 100%. I think that's what, we definitely got the tail end of that, and it was a short storm, but man, it did a lot of damage, so we're all still kind of trying to get back to normal, but slowly but surely. Awesome. Well, again, I'm, I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, one thing that Anne does is, especially in regards to her uh, business or her company, uh, project resume. But before we get to that, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your education, your credentials, any work experience, any fun facts worth sharing, or just pretty much tell us how did you get to where you are at today? Well, I'm happy to, to talk all about that. It's it's a long story. I won't go into um, too well, we much have, we, detail. I have enough, I have enough storage. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, I have enough storage on my SD card, so don't worry. <laughs> I can talk forever. Um, well, I started out uh, way back in um, 2002. I graduated from Penn State University with a major uh, bachelor's degree in health policy and administration. And I think that my interest and my, I, not to sound cheesy, but my love for um, health administration and my interest and everything that goes into that whole process really did start back um, in my schooling. And I think I was, I know, I was very lucky to find a major um, that really did interest me, that I was thrilled to go to class every day. So when I got out of school, obviously, I wanted to continue with that kind of passion and and energy for my job. And I found uh, several positions that, that allowed me to do that. I've I've worked in compliance, I've worked in provider contracting, I've worked of course in billing and coding, and recently um, with Project Resume, and, and like you said, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little more later I'm sure, but I've found um, a passion to kind of help uh, other people, to, to teach, to share my knowledge um, about the workforce, about finding jobs, about coding, I, I've, I've recorded some educational programs 
about coding as well. And um, I have my, my CPC, both of my credentials are through the AAPC, so I am a certified professional coder, and I'm also a certified risk coder. So I have been using those since I got my CPC in 2005. So I've been, like I said, kind of run the gamut of uh, all different types of, of jobs in healthcare, but I like that. I, I like having a variety of things to do. I, I like the responsibility that comes with different sections of the, the billing and coding process. And I'm still very involved in the HPA program. Um, at PSU, I'm actually a mentor to a student who uh, goes to school there right now, and she's doing her internship. So I love Penn State. I love Pennsylvania. So it's also kind of a selfish way for me to be able to stay connected to Pennsylvania and stay connected to Penn State, but I love working with um, my mentor. She's, she's wonderful. She's um, going to do a lot of great things, and I think that that mentorship and that uh, program that I'm involved in there has really helped me to kind of solidify that this is what I want to do um, for the rest of my life is to, is to help people and to to share knowledge between, you know, both parties and Project Resume, and even this podcast helps me do that. So that's why I'm thrilled to be here. All right. Now, you, you mentioned a lot of things. The one thing that definitely intrigued me was, as part of your education health policy, uh, um, I did a recent interview with um, the host of the ICD-10 um, Top 10, ICD-10 Monitor Top 10 Talks with Chuck Buck. And he comes from a advertising and broadcasting background, but his main uh, focus what is health policy. So, you know, one thing that we definitely have talked about uh, before, and him with him, is the importance of staying on top of you know health policy because um, with health policy, we're talking about things like what's happening in the government. Uh, and how it affects health care, especially today with the administration, uh, White House administration in place. You know, could you kind of elaborate what changes in health policy could definitely uh, affect coding and also how, you know, in terms of our jobs? Well, I mean, I, I not to <laughs> go into too much detail. I know we have tons of time, but, um, you know, I think that what... I learned, um, and I, what I continue to learn is that, and actually, um, this is part of what I want other coders to realize, and what I, I kind of try and, and teach and, and speak about when I when I do speak to groups of coders is that what we do uh, does affect every section of um, a practice or a hospital, and it affects patient care. And whether you know, there's like you said, there's so many changes. Um, across the years, across the months, and um, things are implemented quickly, and then some things not so quickly, and there's so much change in the policy and in administration choices that come from those policy changes. So I know that I've seen uh, in the last uh, 10 years, let's say, um, policies have changed, um, and that's changed a lot of the local practices that I've seen. You know, doctors are either group you know, joining larger practices, or I've had some doctors that I've worked with retire because they, you know, they just 
were kind of fed up or they, you know, they didn't know how to handle things. So I think that we play an important role as coders because we are kind of on that front line. You know, everything that we do is going to be affected by those policy changes. Now, whether our daily life and our daily uh, job duties are, you know, changed month by month with the policy changes, that's not necessarily true. But when we do um, our job and when we send those claims out and when we help the doctors and um, everything that we do is kind of connected and it can be connected to the choices that providers make and that can connect to patient, well that definitely connects to patient care. So, um, and I, I'm going to talk a lot uh, in this podcast with you about how important um, every one of us is, you know, to the system and I, and I think that's a great um, correlation uh, that you asked about, you know, the policy changes as well, because no matter what happens, our work is still so significant and our work still drives, you know, all these changes and all these choices that providers make. Awesome. Yeah, so. I, I would love that. Yes. You know, one thing to make note is, you know, what Anne says is what we do. And, and when you think about it from a, a little bit of more, uh, I guess a micro scale is what we do translates into codes. Those codes are data. That data, keep in mind, healthcare is now data driven, uh, especially with the electronic health record in place. Now, you know, with all of that data becomes, uh, you know, put in a database and that becomes in a historical kind of like a repository, especially for those that are HIT need to listen to this because this is one of your (laughs) domains on your exam, you know, you know, with, with that repository, you know, it becomes a, a place where it's used as historical data. That historical data is then, um, you know, you have to think about it. Like, how do they make decisions? Well, let's look back, let's look back at 2015 data. Let's look back at 2014 data. And guess Absolutely. what it contains? Right. It contains our medical coding. So, you know, people that come in, especially to our groups, and when you see in the groups, they, they come in thinking, okay, we're just doing this. But again, as I mentioned, you know, what we do makes a bigger portion and that's why it leads up to the health policy that's happening because though what we Absolutely. do it definitely affects what is going on uh in our government today a hundred percent and and that's a, a fantastic point and actually you you used a word that i um dislike um not that you not in the way that you said it but um when people or when coders say just and i that is kind of um the driving force behind what I do um, at Project Resume is that I hear a lot of coders say, well, I just entered that data or I just did this. It's not, nothing is just, just, (laughs) as awkward as that sentence sounds, but everything that you do is important. And I always try and say to people, if you weren't there for work, um, if something happened and you weren't able to come in for a month or or something, you know, what would happen to the to that job? What would happen to that job duty? Would it get done? If it didn't get done, how would that affect the doctor? Then how would that affect the patient? You know, sometimes people will say, oh, well, I just took the x-rays down to be scanned. Okay, well, that maybe with, for you was just walking down the hall and using a machine. But as you said, that's entering data that is it's it's like a rock, you know, thrown into water. The the ripple effects go so far and wide, and our numbers and our data 
go to people that we could never even dream would look at our work. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the effects that it has are so wide-reaching. So you might feel small when you're in the position and, you, you know, it might feel repetitive or it might feel like you're not doing much, but you're doing so much. Right, and we make a very significant role. All right, let's talk about project resume. So can you tell me from your, again, I guess kind of transition from uh, a point in time where you said, you know what, I'm just going to create project resume. What what kind of inspired the, the company? Well, I, it goes kind of back to, again, my schooling. I was in a, I still am a member of a professional business fraternity. Uh, it's called Phi Gamma Nu. And it was uh, different from the social fraternities uh, because it was professional. It was co-ed, and we focused on, I mean, we had fun. We weren't total nerds, as we like to call ourselves. We were kind of nerdy, but um, we focused on the job market, on our resumes, on interview skills, and um, how to interact, what professionalism really means. So I was always very interested in that type of thing when I was um, involved in the fraternity. And I carried that with me, and I carried that knowledge with me into the workforce. And about five, six years ago, I played a, a pretty large role uh, recruiting coders for a large project um, for the company that I was working with. And when I was getting the resumes, I was um, seeing typos, or I was seeing light light resumes with work history that wasn't um, complete or I would speak to a coder and I would say have you ever had this experience and they'd say oh well yes I did do that and I said well it's not on your resume is there a reason oh I didn't think it was important you know so there were gaps I guess you could say that I saw needed to be filled and I saw so much potential and I already knew that there was so much potential out there in the coding world and in these coding candidates that I wanted to help and I wanted to show them that um, everything that they've done, as we just said, is important and can be written on a resume. And, um, you know, going back to just something as simple as a typo or something as simple as not listing your credential next to your name, um, those are things that really can remove you from a process immediately. <laughs> I mean, not to be dramatic, but, you know, I have had plenty of uh, employers and HR representatives that have worked with me, and we've been going through, you know, resumes, and it goes in the trash. If, if you have a typo, we work in a coding, or excuse me, in a detail-oriented field. If you can't, you know, come across with something that is perfect from the beginning, then they're not going to assume that you can do um, great work when you're on the team. So I saw these gaps. I saw this um, need for people to kind of know how to brag about themselves. I, I know a, little, a lot of people feel shy, and I, I certainly do too. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but I, want, um, I wanted to show everyone that that's an important part of selling yourself and finding the place where you want to be, not just finding a job, not just finding somewhere where you kind of drudge into work every day and, and you don't really love what you're doing. But I really, truly in my heart feel that there is a perfect place for everyone out there, and I want to help people find that place. So 
I thought to myself, how can I do that? What's the what's the baseline here? And I thought, let's work with people with their resumes. You know, let's talk to people about what makes a great resume and and how they can apply for jobs and it kind of snowballed from there. So I, you know, I started doing the resumes and then I started thinking, well, so many people I see online are having trouble searching for jobs or they don't know where to look, they don't know where to turn. So I um, created some education based on that. And then uh, so many uh, coders are coming from different career uh, changes. I mean, I, I know that a lot of the people that I work with, this is their second career. Coding is their second career. And um, I always tell this story of a woman who I did her resume. She had come from uh, the equestrian world. She worked oh, wow. with horses. Uh, right, exactly, and that is quite a switch. Well, um, I, might, I, but... might need, I, meet, I might need her contact information. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. I want, and I'll, I'll tell you why a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, I'll connect you if we need to. But, um, I mean, that is the, the quintessential story for me of, the, you know, this woman had never worked in an office before in her life, and um, she worked with horses. She didn't even work with people, you know, um, but – when you are writing a resume and you're showing off your education and you're showing off your passion for coding, you know, someone's going to ask that. Someone's going to say, so you've worked with horses your whole life. Why do you want to code? Um, I think it's, a, it's absolutely essential for a coder to be able to answer that question. And I think that some people don't know how to, and I, I want to I help them learn more about themselves so that they can answer that question well and, and show their passion and their interest in coding. And um, also to be able to know how to work in an office. Uh, I didn't work with the woman who <laughs> was the equestrian expert, but I've definitely hired some um, coders who have never worked in an office. They don't know how to work in a cubicle. They don't know how to kind of navigate office politics and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So I wanted to kind of throw that out there as well. Of This is what to expect, you know, when you're in an office environment or when you're coding from home, if that's what you want to do and you're lucky enough to, to find a remote position. So there's expectations, and I want to make sure that when people are going into jobs, they know those expectations, they're familiar with them so that they can find success. Because if you don't know what you're meant to be working towards, then you're going to fail. So I wanted to make sure that people knew and coders knew, okay, this is what to expect and this is what I do when I encounter that. So that was um, long-winded, I know. But, no, that's fine. That's perfect. No, that's perfect. Uh, definitely the driving force be be behind you know, the, the growth, um, the kind of inception of Project Resume, and then its growth into what it is today. Okay. Now, you did, you did mention a couple things. The one thing, you were part of Phi Gamma Nu, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. That's now, good. what what I wanted to make a point, I guess, for our audience is, you know, especially if you're in college or if you're part of, you know, a school, uh, one thing that's definitely important is to be part of your student association, any student Absolutely. association. Uh, and that definitely can be also added to your resume, correct? Oh, of course. Yes. 100%. Um, and, you know, as you are in school, um, it, you know, you can 
become involved in, uh, you know, I was a, a, the secretary for, for Phi Gamma Nu. I was the philanthropy chair. You know, get involved in things that interest you. Um, and, again, you know, I, I want to kind of call back to don't do things that make you miserable just to do them, you know. <laughs> don't become involved in things that if you don't like, uh, you know, writing things down or recording or, or that type of thing, then don't be the secretary. But there are definitely ways that you can become involved and you can get involved with other people and other coders. And I think it is absolutely wonderful to get started with that early because it can also drive your passion for your education. It can also kind of keep you interested when maybe you have a class that's not as as exciting as the others or you're kind of forcing yourself to get through a module that you're not thrilled with. Um, you know, those, those connections with other people and with um, the organizations outside of the classroom are something that can really drive you. So I totally agree. It's, it's a wonderful thing um, to do, and it can kind of draw some people out of their shells as well. You know, if you're a little shy, maybe everybody else in there is shy as well. You know, work together, and, and you're going to be, you know, all the better for it. All right, let's take a moment and hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is presented to you by the Medical Coding Geek Tutoring Network. We're not just about the funny medical coding memes you see on social media. We're also a growing network of experienced, specialized, and credentialed professionals. We do not offer prep courses or education programs. Rather, we offer focused, one-on-one -on -one tutor sessions that will give you what you exactly need to help you pass your exam. We offer tutoring for the CCS, CPC, RHIT, RHIA, and CDI certification exams. If you want to find out if our tutoring services is what you need to progress in your career, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. Also, we're looking to grow our network of tutors. If you're interested in joining our team, go to medicalcodinggeek.com. This episode is sponsored by the Haugen Consulting Group. The Haugen Consulting Group is your trusted partner in healthcare consulting, education, and auditing. They are experienced experts who work collaboratively with you to solve your challenges. They are passionate about client relationships and believe fun is non-negotiable. Wait till the end of this episode to receive an exclusive gift to our Not Elsewhere Classified listeners. Now back to the episode. You, you mentioned being shy. Now, it's funny is that in college, um, I went to Florida International University. And during my time, I guess somehow uh, I was kind of egged on to start a, a, a student association. It was actually called oh, the, wow. Asi the Asian Student Union. And um, the reason why I say about student associations being important because it develops skills that you necessarily don't have. And right. one skill that I had developed was talking in front of people. So before yes. college, I was a quiet person. So when I came into college, I started doing uh, cultural shows, hosting different, even like University of Miami's cultural show. Uh, and, you, you oh, know, wow. from somebody who's very quiet up until now, <laughs> and you, de you develop those skills, right? And, yes, absolutely. Uh, and what had led me from that was when I got into the HIM program at FIU, uh, I became all of a sudden the president of the student association. So you get a sense of how to organize things, you know, develop your managerial skills on a hands-on approach, especially with peers. 
Uh, that's why it's definitely important to join those associations so that we can gain those skills. And we'll talk about some of those gaps uh, yes. in a second. You know, Absolutely. one of those gaps definitely is the you mentioned uh, in the in the um, interview process, which, which we'll definitely talk about, is that communication skill. Is yes. that a lot of students don't have that, and especially in an, in a in a point in today's society when we're just typing our responses in a Facebook group post. Absolutely. I mean, that, I mean it, 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 there is a definite gap when you type something and when you say something. And one, one thing I could definitely point out, not to say anything bad about the members, but definitely is an improving skill that's, that some of the members need is the fact that, you know, sometimes, you know, what they say when they're post doesn't necessarily mean what they say when they verbally say it. So I think exactly. there's a definite gap, and I'm sure uh, you can touch that, uh, touch on about that as well. Um, so you touched on. Oh, one thing we did did want to mention is, you know, with the uh, you you mentioned the helping with the equestrian uh, client. Oh yes. Client. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, well, I, I definitely want that person on. So, so <laughs> person, people listening will like, who is that? Who is that? I want to learn more about her. So. <laughs> Uh, if you can get a contact for her, we'll definitely get her on for sure. Sure, absolutely. So one thing that colleges, and we had mentioned this too, is the fact that colleges and you know um, certain education institutions have what have career services, right? Yes, they do. And we had mm -hmm. mentioned that sure. they they provide a certain level of service, but it may not be enough. Can you kind of touch on that? Absolutely, and I um, have nothing but. Um, respect and I have worked with uh, career services for, for many of the educational systems and uh, they are a great resource and I think that they serve a, a wonderful purpose for the, the students of that education system. Uh, my concern with it is that um, they work for ABC school <laughs> so they're going to uh, focus at the end of the day, you know, um, on touting ABC schools um, attributes. And while that's fantastic and you want to put everything about your education on your resume, we're more interested in, in touting your attributes, um, Brian's, you know, skills and talents instead of where he went to school. And um, the other thing is, you know, the career services as, as um, involved as they may be, they can't get to that um, level, I feel, uh, you know, with every student. And I think that they are able to describe wonderfully what they've taught you or what they've taught the coder or what they've taught the students and, and how they've prepared them um, technically um, and educationally for the workforce. And they produce um, fantastic coders, obviously. <laughs> they ready them for the work. Um, they don't necessarily ready you for the work environment. So like I said, you know, um, so many people are, uh, so, you know, they, they get out of school. I was like this. I am completely guilty of this. But um, they're so excited and they're so ready and they, they are still so, um, you know, they're fresh out of the classes and and they want to just get into the workforce. And sometimes that can translate into um, some overzealousness that can turn employers off. You know, I've had a lot of people call me three or four times 
to ask if I got their resume. <laughs> I got your resume. It's okay. You know, um, there are are things that um, people who are are looking through resumes and recruiting are they, they that they have time for and that they don't have time for. And you can actually kind of sour someone before you even talk to them in an interview setting or before they even read your resume. You know, um, people remember names, and I think that getting from that um, fantastic rush and that high that you get after you finish your credential to, okay, this is I have this inside of me. I need to channel it in the right way, and I need to channel it in a professional way so that I'm still able to speak clearly. Um, like you said, you know, relay what you actually want to relay in your um, emails. And I know that it's tempting uh, you know, again, I, I've been one of these members as well, and, and it's very tempting to go on to these boards and kind of uh, maybe complain or, or, you know, you've had a bad experience and you just want to vent. Um, but I think it's important to know that um, you can't really do that. Yes, <laughs> you have right. to find a friend kind of that you trust, or I'm always a proponent of writing the letter or writing the email and then deleting it. You know, get that out, get, get that therapeutic out. Um, but, you know, they're looking everywhere. And when I say they, I mean employers. Um, they can find your Facebook. They can find your Twitter. They can find your LinkedIn. Um, it's so important to have all of those um, sections, you know, updated and professional looking. And you want, to, you want to relay your professional self across the board. And so many different, we're all different. We're all unique. And I think that career services um, is aware of that at these educational um, institutions. They're aware of that. Um, however, they don't have the um, the time. They don't have the resources to kind of sell, quote unquote, each unique person. Um, you need to be able to, um, you know, kind of take the reins on that yourself. And I'm I'm not a cynical person at all. And and I say this with the least amount of cynicism that I can possibly muster. But, you know, you have to look out for yourself. Um, you know, you've, you've found that school and, and you've conquered the education that they've given you and you've gotten your certification. And, and now it's time to kind of say to yourself, they, they were a means to an end, and now I need to be my own means to my own end, which is, um, you know, this is what I want to do. X is what I want to do. Y is what I want to do. So, um, you know, I just really feel that it's important for each individual to kind of take control of their own destiny, so to speak. And um, this is going way, way back to when I was in high school, but I still remember sitting across from my um, career counselor, and um, she wasn't much of a career counselor. And uh, I went to a very small school, and, and that's fine, a very small high school in uh, the middle of Pennsylvania. But... I remember telling her um, that I wanted to be, I wanted to work in healthcare, but I didn't know how, um, you know, to get there. And then um, she kind of said, well, what about the financial part? And I said, well, yeah, that would be great. And long story short, she kind of steered me into banking. By the end of the, time, <laughs> by the, end of the meeting, she was kind of pushing me to be a bank teller. And I was oh, like, no. okay. I'm not sure how we ended up here. Um, so, uh, you know, they have their um, they have their their strengths and they have their weaknesses, just like any of us. And I 
I just think, um, like I said, I know that happened, you know, 25 years ago, but I'm still, it still kind of haunts me to think that, you know, people are being talked out of what they really want to do because they don't have a mentor. They don't have someone to help them, guide them. And, and I truly believe anyone can do exactly what they want to do. It's not going to happen right away, but, um, you know, you can get there and I want to help you get there and I want to help you to find if you can't get there right now then I want to help you find the job that's going to be the stepping stone to what is going to make your work life perfect because we can all find it everybody right now you mentioned a lot of things I do have something also to say um, in regards to the schools especially for the career services you know what and you mentioned mentor which is very good so I'm going to tie in on that is the fact that schools, the, the career services, they're not the inside person in the industry. Right. Keep in mind that the people who are in career services are leveraging work, what is it, work uh, work statistics, specifically yeah. in medical coding, and that's about it. You know, the job yeah. demand, and that's about it, but not so much the inside game. Exactly. You know, what's going on inside there. So I think what what what's nice about Project Resume is that she is the inside person in the industry who can tell you specifically, you know, what what tweaks as far as your skills, what tweaks as far as your resumes, what tweaks as far as your communication skills that need to be done in order to get that job. I think that is definitely, definitely important. Um, you also mentioned that right after school, this happened to me. Once I graduated, once I got my RHIA, I felt invincible. Like, you know, I was, I was ready to go. I, I mean, I, I, my, my job was a HIM technician. I'm like, I'm ready to be a director. I mean, you know, and, and I was like ready to, to do it. And so as soon as I got my RHIA, I started throwing out, re, you know, resumes everywhere. And, you know, the keyword, I guess, is overzealous, I guess. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know, for me, is it for me is like I had a lot of energy just that just came out after I, I walked out of that testing testing room and got that paper. I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go, ready to conquer the world. But yes. I think what what there's a disconnect is what the real world offers. And you mentioned the fact that we get the skills, but then we don't understand what the work environment would be. And so exactly. from there, I got my HIM director position. But then, truthfully, when I was in that position, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you get that that slap of reality. Yeah, you're, like, you're overwhelmed. Right. And you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, you, exactly. I think, you know, there's there's either two ways to do it. Either get slapped with reality and learn really fast or gradually learn into that role. So yeah. I mean either or it's 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 wonderful. You know, it's 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 either you learn quick or you you sink or swim or you learn it as you progress. If you're that type of person, that would be great. Um, what else did I want? No, ab absolutely. I completely agree and I have been in that position as well where um, either I've been applying um, for jobs and and I can remember sitting in in interviews and thinking, "Oh, this job is completely out of my league at this point you know I always kind of tack that on to my my own thinking you know um, I'll get there <laughs> but I, I try to and I encourage others to do this as well as when you're applying or when you're interviewing for a job just to think okay can I succeed at this job because being in a job for which you're not prepared is um, to me just as bad as uh, 
I, I don't I don't know what, even what to compare it to, but losing a job because you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're not living up to that job's expectations, it can be a hit. And like you said, um, you know, it's a sink or swim, but um, it can really take away a lot of your confidence. And um, you don't want that. You don't want to, and you certainly don't want to start out right after, you know, college or right after your schooling with that feeling in your stomach of, oh, my gosh, what am I even doing? You know, technically, my resume, you know, you know, detail, with, with the written word of the job description, I, I lined up with the qualifications for this job, but is, is this really what's right for me? Do I know what I'm doing? And, you know, that's an awful feeling, um, and it's certainly an awful feeling being in that job <laughs> and thinking I'm failing, um, and it can take a long time to get over that. So... Um, I think it's really, uh, it really is very important, and I think the way that, that you phrased that about, you know, career services kind of, um, they they have their jobs that they are trying to fill, and, and you never know, they could be working with, um, you know, companies that are, are looking to, to fill positions, and that's fantastic. You might get a job. It might not be exactly what you want to do, and it might not, and more importantly, as I said before, it might not be the stepping stone to where you want to be. We all have to have jobs that we don't love, um, you know, for a little while. But um, I just think that it's most important to be sure that, okay, this isn't perfect for me right now, but is it taking me where I want to go? Okay. Awesome. So let's move on. Uh, I do have a question then. If Let's say for your company, right? If I go to your website and mm -hmm. I'm interested in your services. What would be the walkthrough process once I get to your website? What would happen in terms of me connecting to you as a, as well, a, as a customer? Um, or a sure, client, absolutely. Um, well, if you happen upon our, our website, I'm thrilled. I, um, I try to, to get us out there. Um, like I said a while ago, you know, we we're talking to um, AAPC chapters. I try to have a strong presence on Facebook. I think that's, you know, where a lot of people are. LinkedIn, all that good stuff. Um, our, our landing page is kind of, I tried to make it kind of just an overview of what we do, how we can help. Um, there are, uh, there's obviously links that, you know, tell you about us, tell, us, tell you about our team. We have some testimonials with um, people who have found success. And actually, we have done over 350 resumes to this point, and um, we have, I want to say, 100% satisfaction. If there is a, a problem, um, we make it right. I, I, that, I've worked in customer service since I'm 14, you know, <laughs> um, and I, I know how important that is, and I, um, I want everyone to know that um, when you become involved in us, it's a personal um, venture, we are, you're not a number. Um, like I said, I still remember that woman who is, um, you know, the equestrian worker. I, I'm interested in everyone who comes across uh, my desk. So um, you enter into a personal journey with us. Um, we have over 50 webinars that are available um, uh, talking about job search skills, talking about resumes, interview skills, and then, like I said, kind of, we call it career development. I like to call it, you know, how to act in the office <laughs> or how to interact with your with your supervisor or how to get where you want to be. Um, so we have those available to you. Those are um, priced very low. They're about 20 minutes long. 
Um, and then we offer our resumes and our interview preparation. Um, there's a link that just tells you a little bit about the resume process. Um, when you buy the actual product, um, a form will pop up before you complete your order. And that form is a, a little lengthy, but it gets the information that we need um, from you. So you would fill in your, if you have a resume now, you would kind of cut and paste your resume text, or you can email that to us. You fill in your education, your skills, anything that we would need to know to put on the resume. Um, and then when that comes across, uh, it, it comes to, to me, and uh, I, I sort through it, and I create your resume, and um, you get a draft within about a week, two weeks. Um, if you need um, expedited, we can always work with you know with people on that because I know that sometimes uh, you know you see a job opportunity. Yeah. I want you know I want, I want it, it tomorrow right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. You feel like it's going to go away, and sometimes they do. I, yeah. I am not poo pooing that at all. Uh, you know, sometimes they they do. Um, they're posted and then they're gone. So um, we can definitely work with you know expedited um, orders as well, but. Um, you have the opportunity to review the draft and um, make any changes or ask for any changes or clarifications. Um, obviously, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I, I read things that aren't correct or, you know, I'll put a bullet point with a job duty and someone will say, I never did that. And I said, oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> you know, I read it as this. So um, we make those updates and then um, you get your final draft, and we send it to you in, in Word uh, format and then PDF format as well. I, um, if I'm emailing a resume for myself um, to someone, I, I usually like to send it in a PDF format. That just it helps with the form. I mean, it, it's kind of a stamp, right? You know, the PDF is more of a picture. Right. So, um, uh, you know, it can just go across, and it doesn't get uh, messed up in the transmission. So. Um, that's basically the process, but um, we also offer um, interview skills and um, there's contact information if you want us to come speak to your local AAPC chapter. Um, we love that. I, I love that. That's my favorite thing to do. So, um, you know, it's just I, I try to be available as much as possible, um, and I just I love it. I love talking with the coders, and I, and I love when someone reaches out to us. So it's it's all it's all been very exciting awesome all right so uh next thing is i'm sure people listening they want a bit of information uh, about their resume right so sure. with, without revealing too much i want to make sure that we're not <laughs> taking too much away from project resume and, and uh, but we do want to give a little bit of a freebie uh, of course so yes, my question is what I guess, let me rephrase it. What are some of the core components that would make a perfect resume? Oh, sure. And um, I, I'm always more than happy to, to give, you know, a bit of, of free advice. I, I do want to uh, say that as working, working as a recruiter, um, I still have many contacts in, in the HR world. I've worked with, I've interviewed, I've um, asked questions of recruiters of HR representatives and that is that's the backstory of how we at Project Resume can perfect your resume so um, that's what we can offer you um, that is different from what I'll talk about now which is what you should if you don't use our services always include on your resume and I'm always more than happy to you know give some of that information um, I starting from the top 
down. Um, I was on Facebook the other day, and, and someone uh, brought up the topic of whether you should put your credentials after your name, you know, Anne Barnaby, you know, comma CPC, comma CRC. Um, I, I thought that that was just kind of a given. You know, I, I brag about that. <laughs> I'm very proud, and I think everyone's very proud of their credentials. Um, so many people under that comment had, you know, commented themselves and said, oh, I didn't think to do that. Um, yes, do that. <laughs> Get that out there. Um, always put your credentials um, first because you worked hard for them and you deserve to have recognition immediately for that work. Um, second, I think that we all know that there are a lot of staffing agencies out there. There's a lot of recruiters out there and they do a fantastic job. However, um, a lot of them, I would say 99% of them, are not coders. Um, some of them that I've talked to do not know what CRC, or excuse me, CPC even stands for. They don't know what ICD is. And that's fine. Um, they're doing their job and we're trying to do ours. But, um, you know, if they are coming across your resume, uh, they don't, they can't, they don't have time to read through it. They need to see, and even someone who does know what coding is and, and is um, well versed in everything, they, that's your first line is your name and your uh, credentials. So always add your credentials. Um, I want to say just as a general statement, create a, um, an email address that is professional and um, not your uh, <laughs> personal email address. I, um, in one of my webinars, I discussed this, but again, you know, it, it, it's, it's easier for me to just create a complete new one, and then I know when I'm checking that email address, I'm working on my job search. So I don't have, you know, my mom emailing me on that one, or, you know, there's no kind of nothing else in the mix. So um, make sure your email address has your name, and um, basically that's it. I know that you have to sometimes put a, a random, you know, list of numbers after it because everyone has an email address at this point, but um, trust me, it is um, a great thing to not have someone typing out, party girl 1972 <laughs> when they're trying to respond to your resume, which has definitely happened to me. So um, have, you know, have a professional email. Um, change your voicemail. This is kind of getting off of the resume, but um, on that top listing, um, you know, obviously you have your phone number. Um, list one phone number and um, change your outgoing voicemail to something professional. I always say when you're done job searching, you can change it back to whatever you want, but um, you, you want that first impression to be a professional one. Um, always list your education. If there are, uh, and this is actually where career services can come in um, very handy, is reach out to career services and, and ask them if they have um, a little write-up or some details about what the education program includes. And uh, they might be able to give you some details. I think when we're in an education system or when we're in classes, we're so focused, obviously, we have to be on what we're learning that we can't take a step back and say, this is what I've learned. This is how I'm prepared, you know. So um, they can give you some, some details of what you've learned, and um, those can get that detail can get some of the key words, um, like obviously, like I said, CPT, ICD, um, Medicare, you know, all these um, kind of keywords that might be used for a search. Um, include those, um, go into as much detail about your education as you possibly can. 
um, list your skills. If you have, you know, PowerPoint or Microsoft Office, or if you have any um, EMR system experience, list that as well. Um, again, you know, not to make it sound daunting or like a lost cause, but there are thousands of resumes out there, and um, recruiters and and employers use those keywords uh, to kind of, you know, lessen the the pot. Um, so use those so that you you'll come up on one of those searches instead of someone else. Um, and then I, you know, list your job history. And um, when you list your job history, make sure to to go into detail. I mean, going back to the beginning of our conversation when we said, oh, I just did this. List everything that you did. Be proud of the work that you've done. Um, even, I, you know, I have a lot of people that come from customer service, and people think that their their old or their their unrelated job history isn't going to help them, and it is. Uh, you know, coder coding employers um, they look at a lot of uh, they look at a lot of resumes, and they are not necessarily looking for experience of you sitting down in front of a computer coding. And I think that that turns a lot of people off. They see, oh, you need two years experience. Well, that might just mean two years of work experience. They want to know that you can come to work on time every day. They want to know that you can report to a manager. Um, you know, if you have worked in any kind of uh, setting that Again, customer service that you need to have, you know, perseverance until a problem is solved and you need to um, stay calm in a pressure situation or you need to work up against a deadline. Those are all things that coders need to do. So even though you haven't done that while coding, you've done it. So, um, and you have the education, you have the certification. So looking at that picture, you know, the employer might, you will be, I'm not going to say you might be, you will be very attractive to employers. Um, so be sure to um, list everything that you've done, everything that you've been involved with. And um, this is one of the most important things that I see. Start each bullet point with an action verb. Um, so um, entered data into AMR system or um, processed claims for blah, 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 blah. Um, uh, th that allows a recruiter or an employer to kind of go down the left side of your resume and get those um, uh, those action verbs. That I'm snapping my fingers. Those to, keywords. To kind of, uh, yes, those keywords, those action verbs to say, okay, what have they done? Um, I see a lot of people want to, want to start their bullet points with um, an adjective and um, that's great, and you, I'm sure you did completely process claims, but the employer wants to see process. The employer wants to see managed. The employer wants to see coded, build. Um, that's going to give them a better picture very quickly of what you've done. They want to see so, accomplishments. I think that's I think that's yeah, the key word, too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, they, they are not going <laughs> – at first, they will um, – they will read your resume. I don't want to say that, you know, they just glance and then that's it. Um, but they don't have a lot of time at the first pass to kind of take a real look at what you've been doing. Um, but to get past that first 
um, you know, hump of them putting you into that next pile. Um, you need to have it be very succinct. You need to be have it look professional. And, of course, like I said, zero typos. I don't care how many people you have to ask to read through it. Um, even if they don't understand what you're trying to say, um, have a separate set of eyes look at it because, uh, you know, again, we work in coding. Detail-oriented is basically number one. Um, or number two after the credential, and um, you know you don't want that first line of defense, that first impression to have a typo in it. That's going to just take you right out. Um, also, I when you get uh, when a coder gets instructions, when if you get instructions from an employer, and um, I, this happened to me a lot when I was recruiting. I'll, I'll just use a personal uh, story instead. I, I would send out. Um, paperwork and I would say please do not respond to this email please fill out this information and mail it back to us or, or send it on to this person instead uh, a lot of times I got responses to that email now um, <laughs> uh, you kind of okay um, you kind of that's what you kind of say you say okay I just told you not to respond now the responses didn't have to be questions and I think that people read that they think oh she doesn't want us to respond with questions but I'll still respond and just say thank you so much that's wonderful and I appreciate that and that's very polite however if I've sent out 50 emails and I'm still trying to do my other work, <laughs> you know, and other recruiters and managers are doing the same. If I get 50 responses, all that just say thank you, that's um, a hindrance for me, and that's going to get, it's going to start to wear on my nerves. And if you're the seventh person that's written back thank you, unfortunately you're the one that they're going to take it out on. <laughs> so um, it might seem like nothing when you say, oh, well, I'll just reach out real quickly and say thank you. Um, follow instructions. Um, I I don't do this, but some some HR people do, and some employers do. Uh, they use that as kind of a test: as can they follow instructions? Um, whether it's they think, oh, it's that's just you know out of con, con you know that's courtesy to say thank you. It, it's them saying, I've specifically told you to do something. Can you just do it or not do it? Or um, you know, are you going to go ahead and and just write back anyway? So. Don't take that lightly. Um, be respectful and, and, you know, try and think of what the, that person is going through in their job description. And there's probably a reason why they ask um, you to, to do whatever they're asking you to do. So um, as much as you might want to, don't, you know, don't go off book, as, as so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, follow the instructions and um, you'll get to where you need to go. All right. Now, what's funny is that um, is what was I going to say? Shoot, you were talking about the creating of the resume, and that in itself yeah. is a process, right? Yes. Then getting it to the attention of the recruiter or the employer—that's another obstacle. Yeah. So the next obstacle uh, is. <laughs> After you present this, after you get everything on paper, yes. is the interview to the point yes. where now you have to present it. Now they're like, oh, man, I present, you know, you know, when, uh, what's great is that, you know, is the fact that, that I had mentioned what you type should be representative of who you are. And yes, you'd mentioned absolutely. earlier is that, you know, one thing we can't do is totally vent and 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 um, put it on Facebook because again, people are looking at that 
and, exactly. and seeing who you really are. And I think the biggest key is the fact that you have this energy and you should be directing it in a positive manner. And keep in mind that, you know, what what schools do is the fact that they prepare you to they, they teach you the technical skill. But I think what you, the, the person, the audience, whoever's listening to this podcast needs to understand is that when you walk out of school, you need to start developing yourself as a professional. And I think that definitely way. is key. So those that energy, either you need to do yoga or something like that, which, by the way, I do have a couple stories that are in line to be recorded. One is a yoga instructor. One is uh, actually came from an opera background. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. So when you said a question, like, I want to add that onto my list. You know, different <laughs> things that where they come from and how they came today. That's definitely a thing. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, in continuation with this is the fact that and what, what I was trying to say is, you know, just to get the job seems more like a big obstacle course, like Spartan race, you know, one of those things. And I've done one of those. <laughs> Ninja and, warrior. Yeah. Right. And, and um, I'll tell you, oh, I did one. When was it, man? I did one in Miami. It was a 10 miler, right? So it oh, was wow. my very first obstacle, you know, type of uh, course race. And, you know, you, you finish up to the very end. And one of the things at the very end, and keep in mind, this was me doing like three hours of, of running and jumping and okay. burpees and all that stuff. And the yeah. last part, I'll tell you, it was a mud. First of all, it, no, it was raining. It was raining all day. And the course was all muddy. And the last part was climbing up like a like a like a 90 degree slant with a rope. And the 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 whole entire uh, cord, the actual obstacle was filled with mud. And so you're climbing, oh, no. you're climbing, you're climbing. You got up to the very top and all of a sudden you slide on down. And so <laughs> but then it took me three tries. So to me, when you're mentioning this, my goodness, this is a big obstacle course. And so yes, one of the biggest absolutely. one of the biggest peaks of the obstacle course is the interview right absolutely and yes. so when people when i guess our listeners when you're preparing that resume the next thing is to present it and i think schools do this and at least when i taught when i was teaching uh in the university is one skill that i kept on promoting is the fact of presenting right yes. and so when they get into that interview process it's either a make or break because you reached a wonderful point and so yes. when you, again, on paper, look good, but then in person, it doesn't match up. That definitely is a breaking point. So my next question to you is, what are some important things to know about interviewing? Absolutely. Um, well, and I think um, you hit on an important point. Um, wait, 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 wait. Yes, I meant to do that, guys. Sorry. You will have to wait till next week for the bonus episode where we will discuss the importance of interviewing. Again, you can find Anne Barnaby via Project Resume by going to projectresume.net. Head over to the show notes to learn more about Anne Barnaby at medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast. Coming up on the next episode of Not Elsewhere Classified. Looked at her LinkedIn profile. Um, she's just going to think, oh, good. She's, she's looking to see who she's you know, meeting with. So we're not complete strangers. 
Not Else Were Classified is presented and produced by Medical Coding Geek. Music was brought to you by 43 and Coyote Hearing. Medical Coding Geek offers tutoring and media services for the medical coding, health information, and CDI community. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MED Coding Geek. That's MED Coding Geek. You can also find us on our website, medicalcodinggeek.com, where you can find and listen to all the podcast episodes plus the show notes from today. Make sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. We would definitely appreciate it. And again, thank you for being part of this podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kui, and you have just listened to Not Elsewhere Classified. Medicalcodinggeek.com all right, so you made it to the end of the episode, and I promised this special offer that the Haugen Consulting Group is exclusively offering listeners of this podcast. You can use the promo code GEEK15, that's G-E-E-K-1-5, to receive a 15% discount on their webinars, trainings, and products. You can apply this promo code by going to www.thehaugengroup.com. Dot com slash shop. Again, that's www.thehaugengroup.com slash shop. If you missed that, don't worry. I'll have the promo code and link available at medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast. Again, that's medicalcodinggeek.com slash podcast. This podcast is supported by Weebly.com. Have a product? Building a company? You'll need a website. Create your site with Weebly's drag-and-drop website builder and responsive themes without any technical experience. Believe me, I built my website in under 30 minutes. It really is that easy. Listeners of this podcast will receive a 10% discount on any Weebly subscription plan or promote plan. To get this discount, go to Weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot medicalcodinggeek.com. Again, that's Weebly dot medicalcodinggeek.com.